Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. Schaefer. And this is Movie Virgins, where we describe for you in excruciating detail our first time with some of the greatest and some of the not-so-greatest movies ever made. This week we're going to be talking about what may well be the greatest movie of all time, one that I was absolutely appalled to hear that my dear friend Leah had never seen, though I admit I wasn't surprised to hear it. I'm talking about The Godfather. So my first time seeing The Godfather, you guys got to bear with me a little bit here. The reality is I don't remember the exact first time. It's one of those things that has just sort of been with me for so long. I know it took me a while to actually sit down and watch it. So I definitely remember babysitting when I was probably 13. And after the kids went to bed, it was on AMC because for a while there, The Godfather was on AMC all the time. How did I miss it? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, And I turned it on and I started watching it and I got really into it, but we were maybe a third of the way in at the time. That's the first time that I thought to myself, my God, this world is amazing. Like not just the movie, but the world. It was so enthralling. But of course, I wasn't even at my own house. I had to go home at some point. I turned it off and, and left. The first time I watched it in its entirety was sitting on my couch Sunday afternoon, I was probably 14 or so. I remember my dad coming in and checking on me periodically, mostly because it was a Sunday afternoon and he was doing other things, but you could tell that he wanted to just sit down and watch the movie, but of course he couldn't. You know, he had to keep doing yard work or I don't know, whatever the hell he was doing. But every time he came in, he would just kind of hover and he would ask me, you know, are you you figuring stuff out? Are you keeping up with it? I'm pretty sure he didn't listen to anything I said though, because he was just honed in Mm -hmm. on the movie. That's the kind of movie that it is, where you can come in at any point, and you may not even really know what's going on, but you just don't care. You get sucked in. You just get sucked into, again, it's that world. It's obviously, it's the writing, it's the acting, it's everything that creates this world, but it is just such an amazing, enthralling, entirely different realm. And I think part of that, of course, is is the world that was created in in terms of the time frame, you know, here we are post-World War II, and it's, it's an epic family tale. Um, it's this very wealthy family, so much power. So it's a world unlike anything I, of course, have, have been a part of. But there's also, obviously, that mafia lore built up around it. And let me be clear here. Lindsay, you're not Italian. I am not Italian. I have been told that I look Italian. Uh, during my first job at Suncoast Video, <laughs> there was a gentleman who told me I was Italian, mm-hmm. one of our customers. I don't know why that was. But how did that, how did that was, feel? It felt good. 
not gonna lie. I am a German and English, mm. but you know, I got dark hair, so I'm basically Italian, right? Yeah. But there is something about the mafia that has just always enthralled me. Um, and I know, don't get me wrong, I am not one of those people who actually worships these men. They're bad criminals. guys. They're criminals. Right. But I can't help but be drawn to the history of it. And there's a lot in this. I have a lot of things to say and think that I think about this movie. I just watched it for the first time yesterday. It was a lot, and I'm still processing. But I, I it struck me that the family aspect. So there's this like these guys who are criminals, really doing awful, awful things. Mm-hmm. It is a there. It is a gang war, uh, gang warfare situation. Sure. That's kind of the vibe that I got. But they're also these family men. They are, that's the, it's the compartmentalization, I think, that's so amazing. They don't talk business at dinner. They're not gangsters. They're not just out for a quick buck. They're not just out killing people willy-nilly. They're, yes, exactly. It is business. This is business. Sometimes in business, terrible things have to happen. And when you think like, of it that way, it makes it... I know, I know it sounds like I a justification. Like they, maybe they are gangsters. It's not very... Uh, I mean, No. The word I kept writing down as I was watching it, the word that comes to mind when I think about this movie now, since I've watched it less than 24 hours ago, is brutal. It's brutal. This shit is brutal. It's definitely brutal. Um, And it gets worse and worse and worse. Sure. In my mind. Definitely. But one of the differences is that you you have a boss who farms the brutal stuff out. Yes. You don't do the dirty work yourself. Exactly. But and in that but sense, you can Michael Corleone has done some fucking dirty work himself. Yes, but he's a very different kind of boss, isn't he? We should talk about this. Well, because because the, the parallels between the father and the son, so in the beginning, you know, it's the wedding and he's doing the business on this huge event, this huge event mm-hmm. for his family that's the wedding. And then, so it's a family event, but he's doing business at the wedding. There's no separation of family and business in this world. Yeah. But you don't talk about business at the dinner table. Well, no, of course not. But the reality is, even though they're saying that, they're talking about business. They are. They are. It's very. They bring people into the family and they automatically come into the business or vice versa. Do you think Carlo had any business being involved in their business? That fucking douche tard? No. Oh, Carlo, right. The the brother in law. Yeah. We could talk about fucking Carlo, <laughs> sure. There were a lot of names. The people, like, so what, Santino, but the, he's Sonny. Santino, Sonny, sure. Couldn't place him to save my life. Didn't realize it was James Caan until, like, What? Out, couldn't place him. I was like, he's attractive. Who is he? I know him. He had, like, and I couldn't couldn't place him. Also, I, I did this throughout the entire movie. Um, Talia Shire, I thought Tally. was Annabelle Scoria. Scoria? Scor- what's her name? Annabelle Sciorra? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was her. So she's... Talia Shire's a lot older than her. Right, I know. But I'm looking at her and that's who I thought it was the entire movie until I... like, Right, I know. No, even funnier, I knew it was Al Pacino, but I wrote De Niro in my notebook because I can't keep him straight. This is breaking my heart. <laughs> there, was, there was another one, too. Um, the guy who plays Mo Green, I wrote Sidney Pollock. <laughs> like, I just was having a real time of it. Um... Miss, but like Abe Vigoda, you know Abe Vigoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I knew that. Certain I knew people that. But there were so many people, and they went by their because it's a family, right? Everybody sure. has nicknames, and so that took me a bit to kind of figure out who's who. I really am curious if I could if I could explain the plot to you right now because so many things happen. That is so. I, I guess 
my overwhelming question for you. Okay, so before I get into my overwhelming yeah, questions for you, which uh-huh. of course are how did you find it? <laughs> um, the one thing I will say about mob movies in general, because I have a little bit of a uh, slightly deep-seated obsession with mm-hmm. the good ones, like The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, or uh, you know The Godfather Saga. There's a lot of argument there as to whether or not you should just watch the two separately, regardless. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you want to see two now. Yeah, sure. I'll watch it. Okay. A lot of shit happens. I mean, well, like you, you do want to see it. Now I know Now I know what the, the indication of when somebody's going to die is, so I'm... Oh, the oranges? The oranges, yeah. yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> but, and the scene, the scene where Vito dies is so fucking weird, but anyway. It's great, though. It's, it's so amazing. weird. He, okay, okay. We'll get into that. <laughs> I just want to say that... Goodfellas, one of the best movies of all times. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, my absolute most favorite movie line ever, which I think just encapsulates life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ordered spaghetti with marinara. I got egg noodles and ketchup. Best fucking line ever. That's the kind of shit that you get from good quality mafia movies. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's very quotable. Donnie it's Brasco, movie. one of the best movies ever. Definitely Al Pacino's best performance. I would say even better than, well, I mean, on par with, uh, with The Godfather. Totally different. Like, Lefty's just a different guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to mention that. So, <laughs> I do have a weird obsession with mafia history and with mafia movies. And the only reason I bring that up is because I, I might get a little heated during our discussion <laughs> sure. with certain things. But I'm excited to get there. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's hard for me to necessarily remember my exact first time. Uh, as first times can sometimes be a little hazy. Mm. Sometimes you start to, after the fact, make stuff up about, you know, how great it was. Um, or how awful. Or how awful it was, <laughs> depending on the experience. But I am very, very interested to know about, yes, your first time with The Godfather. And I know you have a lot to say. I guess my, my first question is the one that I think everybody typically asks somebody who just saw it, which is, did you get it? Like, did you know what was going on? Could you follow who was who? That kind of thing. I did, so I couldn't name people. So I do the thing where after I watch the movie, I go to IMDb, so that solidifies names and things for me, but there were definitely people. So my favorite guy, I think, in the whole movie, aside from Michael Corleone, was the the chubby guy uh, who makes the meatballs and sauce at one point. Castellano? I think, I think that I'm was... sorry, no, not Castellano. Um, Clemenza. Clemenza. Sorry. I loved him. He was my favorite. But I didn't know his name throughout the entire movie. But I knew he was there. He was one of their guys. I also liked the Bra- Brazia guy, Luca Brazzi. Luca Brazzi. He was oh. really great. Um, and so there. So did I get it? You know that scene too at the wedding when he kind of like flubbed his. Yeah, he, that he was legitimate. He yeah, he was. Flubbed yeah, his it was. Yeah, because he was like. A, and then they shot after the fact him sitting there practicing. Practicing. It was so, I was good. so good. Um, Oh, shocked that Diane Keaton was in this movie. I did recognize her and get her name right. P.S. It just cracks me up that you like. I had again, no clue. I, feel like, I had no clue. She I, was I feel in this like movie. my whole life I've just known you know. that these people are from the Godfather. Mm-hmm. No. So I um. I did follow. I mean, there were a few things like so when they start naming all the names. Is it Bazzini? Mm-hmm. Bazzini's one of the guys. From one of the families, and I was hearing Vicini, which is a name that I recognize from the Princess Bride. So I wrote Vicini, but anyway. So there's lots of... Yeah, Barzini's Italia, I mean... There are lots of names, but I did follow what was happening. Like, 
Okay. That the, the, this war started. It, the saga you part. Got the, of, you got who Salazzo mm-hmm. was and what was happening yeah. there and his connection to the Tatayas. So I think I was thinking is I know that there's plot here and it's the kind of plot where you're just following. It, it feels like you're watching history. It doesn't feel like I was watching a movie where there's like the traditional like the the first act and it's, it was very much like a saga and I'm watching it, what feels like history, the story of this family and their history. And so I... I it took me a minute to figure that out, mm-hmm. that that's what was happening. Because, like, when Michael goes off to Italy, I'm like, okay, now we're in Italy. What's happening? Um, I feel like that's one of the great things about this movie, too, is we're inundated nowadays with movies that try to trick you mm-hmm. or try to create some sort of mystery that you can then somehow solve. You know, right. and they're planting yeah. all of these different clues along yeah. the way, and you feel like you have to be a detective just to watch a movie. And this is... Good old fashioned. It wasn't a crime. It wasn't a crime thriller. Right. Nothing like that. There are things that happen where you know the the thing with uh, Barzini comes out, or it kind of comes out of the blue almost. You know, he sits down at the table, and then he realizes through that discussion that Barzini is is in on this, is running the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about that beforehand. There when were you, no wait. Clues when when, Corla, up to. when when Michael's meeting with him. No. When no. When Vito. Was oh. Meeting when him. they. Okay. So I didn't catch on to that. I didn't until after the meeting when Vito tells. Right. That's what he I says. Mean. He's the guy. He's doing everything. The audience isn't shown indications of yeah. this. You're just going along with mm-hmm. the life of these people. You're yeah. just going along with what is actually happening, which is sort of a departure from a lot of, of the newer films. But I like it. It's really, again, it's just storytelling. The thing that I like about that, though, is you're led to believe. So they keep saying the thing about uh, Tom Hagen, how he's not a wartime conciliary. Is that how you say it? Conciliary. Conciliary. And they say it multiple times. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up being out. And uh, Vito ends up being the counselor for his son Mm -hmm. in a way. And you realize how good Vito is at reading people and understanding them. And so when he walks out of that meeting, he, he knows he yep. knows exactly, and so he didn't get where he was. Right, right, being an idiot. Right. So I, I was very much like, had a lot of respect for that, and I liked that I didn't know it and couldn't pick it up because then when you hear see the character mm-hmm. saying it, you're like, oh my god, like there were so many things that must have happened in there, and he just knows he's just that smart. It and was, there's a history there. There's a history that right. we're not necessarily privy to because mm-hmm. we're just seeing this one chunk of time mm-hmm. in their lives. And it could have, so some of the things that happened at the beginning, so like. Johnny Fontaine and that whole situation with the, with the with the Hollywood situation and everything that happened there, it could be really and it was in a way very hokey. Sure. But I didn't not take it seriously because other things were very serious. So it could have been a jokey kind of hokey thing, and some of it is kind of jokey and hokey. But um, I didn't walk away feeling that way about the movie. I did fall in love with the family and get it and all those kinds of things. So so yeah. Did you fall in love with all of the family? I, I guess I'm curious, you know, not just favorite characters, but who was real or who you connected with or mm-hmm. or who your favorite character was or what you saw in them. Because this, like, let's be honest, this movie, yeah, sure, it's about a story that happens. It's about this incident that occurs, but it's about the people. It's about the characters. It's about this, the Corleone family. Mm-hmm. Did I fall in love with everybody? Or, I mean, who did you love? Who did you hate? Who did you... So, Michael, I feel like it was really hard for me to read him, and I didn't totally get it in the beginning, and I didn't understand why everybody was so protective of him. Like, well, he's the baby. He, I, didn't, I didn't put that together. I didn't like Sonny at first, but he grew on me. Oh, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's, and he seems like an idiot, too. A um, little bit. He's hot-headed. Yeah. I don't know that he's stupid, but he's... I couldn't his... stand Connie. Couldn't stand her. Sure. 
Um, but, but, how much of that is Connie and how much of it is Talia Shire? I think it was Connie. I didn't like her. I didn't like the I didn't like the character. I didn't that whole fight with her and Carla. I was like, mother, like this is ridiculous. Give me a fucking break. But I understand why it happened, and it all was you know this part of the plot or whatever. But mm-hmm. Fredo, mm-hmm. I wish I could, and maybe this happens in the later movies. I want to know how he went from this meek kid to this this ve- this Vegas schmoozy type. Mm-hmm. Um, that turn was I really enjoyed when they go to Vegas and they and, and here's Fredo in the collared shirt and the sunglasses and I think Fredo's one of those people who he buys into the coolness around him, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and he just sort of takes on whatever sort of persona he wants to at the time. So he moved mm-hmm. to Vegas and he was hanging out with Vegas types and mm-hmm. he became a he just Vegas became that. type, right? But so yeah, I think. Michael was my favorite because he seemed the most, he was obviously, I mean, they were all in love with their family. They were all really into the family. I felt like I took him the most seriously and I wanted to know more about him. There were, there was always something about him that I didn't understand. And at the end of the movie, he was making me angry with the lies. I was getting pretty pissed. And I was didn't like Kay, Diane character, Keaton's character at all. She was pissing me off too. She's like, I don't know about this, Michael. And then just gets in the car with him. I'm like, bitch, you idiot. But I feel like all of these women, they get in with this family and it's they're in love with them because the family is so close-knit and they're such a wonderful bunch of people and, you, and they're charismatic and beautiful and you want to be a part of it. And there's probably something really alluring about the power in it and the business. And I feel like she, like he left and didn't contact her. And she was going to the house to find out where he was. And just like, it's like he could have been dead. He was gone. And then he comes back and just shows up and she's like, okay. But do you think that was the family poll for her? Or because he wasn't involved really with the family. I think it was because of her love for him, mm-hmm. but I think she had zero self-respect. That she waited around for him. I Does she know about Apollonia? No. Does she? No, right. So the lies. The lie that he tells at the very end, I was like, you son of a bitch. It made me angry at him. That I like him. I want to like him, but I think he's an... He, he seems really, in the beginning of the movie, a moral person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's telling her the story about his father and Johnny Fontaine and how he got in out of this deal and that he made him offer he couldn't refuse and all that stuff and he's and he's saying it the with the way he says that's a true story there's such disgust right yeah and it then it changes and i don't know i think it was maybe it was just seeing his father so weak maybe that was what kind of turned um, but why did he decide that he had to be the guy to gun those guys down in that restaurant i don't i'm still processing all of that but he's the most interesting of all of them, aside from Fredo. <laughs> so, Fredo, I just want to say this because I love John Cazale. Like, he is so The guy who plays Fredo? Amazing, yeah. Because um, you've never seen The Deer Hunter, have you? No. Mm-hmm. Dude. And you still have to see Godfather Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so does Fredo a bigger part of... Okay, that makes me happy. So is it is Part Two mostly in Vegas, then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I well... Yes, that that area. Because I didn't even know that I 
until we went to Vegas a couple years ago, I didn't realize how involved the mafia was in Vegas. And oh, you didn't know all about like we, Bugsy. And... But then we went to the mafia museum and it was so fun. And then, so when it showed up in this movie, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, then, Mo Green is based on Bugsy, loosely based yes, on Bugsy. Yes, I did. I did read that on the internet. Yeah. But, and I mean, it makes sense because Vito Corleone, loosely based on Carlo Gambino, the Gambino and Genovese families, mm-hmm. of course, were integral in actually building out Vegas um, with Luciano shit. and Lansky yeah. and, and Bugsy. Um, Do you think that Michael thought that they were really going to be legitimate in five years? Like, that's what he told Kay. We're, the business is going to be legit in five years. I think he had a delusional sense of that being a possibility. And I think, again, if you look at the parallels to the actual history, uh, Castellano is who took over after um, Carlo Gambino. Carlos Gambino. And he had this idea also of legitimacy. He had this concept of it's all about business and I'm going to make it a good business and good business is legitimate business and... I, I wouldn't say that he necessarily was under the impression that everything would become legitimate, but mm-hmm. he wanted to lean more towards that way. And yet, while he was doing that, back behind the scenes, he was doing terrible, terrible shit. Right. And I think that was a, a similar thing with Michael, too, of, uh, I'm, I'm going to make things work. I'm going to make them right, but I'm going to do what needs to be mm-hmm. done. Um, I do think it's... I, I find it interesting, you know, you were talking about that kind of switch that flips with Michael and when exactly it is and why exactly it is. And I love the the scene where they're talking about whether or not it's personal. When Tom is yelling at Sonny about, you're making this personal, it's got to be business. Right. It was just the three of them. Right. And, uh, and that's when, of when they're when talking it, about killing the guys that gun down their dad. Right. So then Michael says, you know, I can be, I can be the one who kills Salazzo and we can plan it out in this. And they manner. laugh at him and they laugh at him. And then Sonny's like, you see, you see, he's making it personal. <laughs> and he's like, no, this is strictly business. And I find it so fascinating because he has, from that point on, he seems to be strictly business. He seems as though he really is thinking about every step of the way, what he's going to get from what, what he needs to do in order to get to a certain point. He's very smart and he's, he's thinking it through. Mm-hmm. I think that every single motivation of his is personal. Even though it seems to be business, even though he claims it's business, I think that he has an undercurrent of sunny in him, of that kind of hot-headed emotionality. He's able to tamp it down so mm-hmm. he doesn't just go off right. and, you know, do whatever. But I, I think it all comes from a very personal place. I think he wanted to exact revenge on his father. And, of course, it, he wanted he, to keep let it me safe. Tell you, let me tell you, if it wasn't personal, he wouldn't have done it himself. Yeah, exactly. That's it, in a nutshell. And even when you move further in, you know, once you get towards the end of the movie, the thing with Carlo, that's, that was fucking personal. Oh, yeah. It was well-deserved, but it was personal. Carlo hit, loved when Sonny just beat the shit out of him in the street. Probably one of, maybe my second favorite scene. My first favorite scene is the scene where Michael goes to the restaurant and uh, gets the gun from behind the toilet and does the thing. Um, kills those two guys. I loved leading up to that. He gets the gun from Clemenza. Clemenza's talking him through how to do it. You go, you get the gun, you come out, two bullets in the head to each of them. Just this guy, he's seasoned. He knows what he's doing. I loved it. I loved the, the coaching him through it. And then when you're watching it actually happen, 
he doesn't come out he, firing. He, he doesn't do down. any of the things he told him, which adds to this level of like anxiety that I had of like, is this going to work? Is it going to happen? I'm rooting for this guy to kill two people mm-hmm. and I'm okay with the vengeance. I mean, we watch a lot. The fucking Punisher is all about vengeance and I love that shit. So I'm here for the vengeance and it was because there were so many times that people got killed in this movie and I was shocked by it or shocked. Like, <laughs> I was surprised. Which is I was I surprised every time. So when. When it happens to Vito, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, when he got shot. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. And then I thought he was dead. I think he even wrote, I'm like, they fucking just gunned him down. He's dead. And then when he doesn't, I'm like, oh, shit, I can't believe he's still alive. And then the bit where um, Clemenza and the other guy, they kind of, it's the cannoli part where Clemenza leaves the house and his wife's like, don't forget the... Don't forget the cannoli, and then they drive out in the middle of nowhere, and Clemens is going to take a piss, and I think it's him that's going to get killed. And then you hear the gunshots, and he turns around, cool as a cucumber, guy's dead. And then later on, somebody's like, "How's Polly?" Oh, we won't be seeing that guy no more. Yeah, great, great. But uh, yeah, I was surprised that it wasn't him because I'm watching him take a piss, and I'm like, he's going to die. And then it turns out the other guy gets it. I mean, they talked about that beforehand. Even even when Sonny gets it. I did not expect that. And then you start to see it happen at the toll booth, and I'm just like, oh shit, as oh shit, the oh door shit. Shuts. And it's so fucking brutal. Everything was so. Even the, I knew that there was a scene in this movie where somebody wakes up with a horse head in their bed, and I didn't see it. They're like, oh, you didn't know see, what it, They're yeah. like visiting the $600,000 horse and talking about the horse, and then the guy's like, get out of here, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, didn't even put it together till the next morning you see the guy wake up in the blood and the screaming. I was just like, how did I not see this coming? I should have known. I was in it. I was in yeah. it. Which is actually, that's great. Because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, this was made in 1972. Like, mm-hmm. it's been a while. People who haven't seen it know what happened. Yeah, I know the I, I, things that people said. I've heard, you know. But I think it's great that you got so into it that even though you knew some of this stuff, it didn't occur to you, you know. And all of the little rules that go along with being a part of the family, um, how, what is it, a Sicilian can't say no on his, to anybody's request on, a daughter's wed- on his daughter's wedding day. I'm like, what the fuck is this rule? I don't know if that's a real rule. Well, it, like they <laughs> say that, yeah. or like Michael's in Italy and they go to the, they go to the Corleone family, whatever, where they were, and he's like, where are all the men? Well, they're all dead from oh, all the, the vendettas. Town. Um, just all of those kinds of things that it's just like, it isn't just these people in America. It's this history of oh yeah the families and the violence and the vendettas that have come, that has come from Sicily. I just was, when Apollonia gets blown up in the car, no fucking clue. Now, in the moment when Fabrizio runs off and my, and I'm like, oh shit. And then it's like, something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, there were so many things that surprised me, but every, every time I was like, this is fucking brutal. Like every, I was like, it just got worse and worse because did Sonny die? And then Apollonia gets blown up kind of back to back. I feel pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, shit, fuck. So, I mean, if he didn't, he hadn't made the turn before when his father was on his deathbed, that probably was part of what did it for him. Like seeing Seeing that car get blown up, and but he probably grew up with violence too. So who fucking? Knows? He, I'm sure he did. I. It's interesting because I feel like finding out that Sonny was killed, he must have known this is gonna fall on me because he knows Fredo. He knows Fredo's not gonna. Right. No, take he's over. not gonna be the guy. But it's interesting that they don't. There was nothing there that would indicate to you that that thought was going through his mind, even though I, I firmly believe that that was 
a turning point for him. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that when he heard that, he thought, well, shit, this, it's going to fall on me. I'm going to have to do this. Got a man up. Yeah. I didn't understand why his face was fucked up for so long after Officer was a hell fucking of a punch. Was, what's his fuck. Yeah, he broke And his then jaw. he's got this like black shit in his face and then suddenly he doesn't have it anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? And somebody's like, the dog did real good on your face. And yeah. When he was in Italy and he was always wiping his nose, I figured that there was something to do with the face, that he yeah. had some damage. Um, that was the books I know kind of played mm-hmm, it out. They talk about it, but yeah. He was, I almost said De Niro. Pacino, beautiful in this movie. So beautiful. I've only ever known him as an old man. Um, oh, you've never seen any of his earlier stuff? Uh, you Dog Day Afternoon. No, I mean, uh-uh. nope. Wow. Pacino's in Dog Day Afternoon? I thought it was De Niro. I am awful, I know. I, I, I like Al Pacino more than I like Robert De Niro. He is. Are you sure? Positive. He is beautiful in this movie. I would like for him to remain so, and I will never watch another movie again with an old Pacino because I just loved him so much. In this I mean, movie. I think it's fair to say that you don't want to watch a Pacino movie post nineteen ninety seven or so. Anyway, um. he's and my my understanding and my experiences with Pacino have he's this very flamboyant kind of. You know, loud, and in this movie, he's very quiet, he's very understated. And I think that's yeah, what that's makes what him attractive <laughs> to you, is especially at the end. At the end, he mm-hmm. has this he's in control, this quiet confidence. Um, liar, he's fucking and quiet, fucking confident liar. The suspenders also, I think, help a lot too. But he had, <laughs> yeah, he has that that air about him. Uh, he's a beaut. Yeah, he was hot. Sonny was hairy but hot. Yeah, that's my problem. You know, I got to think about. I gotta think about body got, hair. I got the problem with the body hair. But uh, other than that, Sunny. Sunny now, is attractive. I will say that was my thought in earlier life. I do think watching it again, so it's probably been 10 years or so since I've sat down and actually watched it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching it again last night, I think one of the biggest things that jumped out to me was how women are portrayed. Okay. I, for whatever reason. I just didn't, I didn't think about it when I was a kid because I was just into the characters no matter what it doesn't matter what sex they are you know it's I'm into the characters I'm into the story mm-hmm. and there was a lot more last night of like man he is a fucking asshole he's cheating on his wife mm-hmm. at the wedding like mm-hmm. she's right outside and he's fucking some bridesmaid upstairs and who is this who is this slutty ass bridesmaid who is at a family gathering damn what like Come on. She's, she's, she's this, this, this is classic bridesmaid, though. No. It happens at all. I've been a bridesmaid <laughs> and, three and or four times. And didn't sleep with anybody. And I've never <laughs> fucked the bride's married brother <laughs> at the wedding. But it's that pull of the family. It's that power, yeah. I guess. I, he's, he is such an asshole. Uh, I still love him. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, I you know you were talking about Connie. Yeah. Connie's rough. Um, and I can see the, the time, you know, being in the forties, um, the fact that this is a large Catholic family, it's an Italian family. They, they have a different way of doing things than of course, than we do now in 2019. I mean, some families probably still this way, but sure. But it, it, it is a different time and I absolutely, uh, the part, oh my God, the part where they're sitting at the dinner table and Carlo tells her to shut up. And Sonny gets all upset and he's like, hey, you don't tell my sister to shut up. And then Mama Corleone, she just goes, hey, you stay out of it. <laughs> it's so amazing. Someone is being verbally abusive to her daughter, but because it's her daughter's husband, she tells everybody to stay out yep. of it. 
you don't get their involved. business exactly uh i there's not a doubt in my mind that she knew that connie got beat up mm-hmm. but she wasn't going to do anything do you think she it. got beat up do you think Vito beat her up i don't think so Vito was a very he you was gotta, a, you gotta he was a good family man. You gotta watch part two also. Okay. He was Then he, you can actually have De Niro. <laughs> okay. He was a good he was Vito struck me at like even in the beginning, in the very scene of the movie, which was, I mean, really great. I like so you open up on this shot of a guy talking about what he's an Italian, he raised his kids as Americans, and his daughter gets assaulted and I'm like, okay. And it's the the treatment of women starts right there, too. Mm-hmm. Because not only is he talking about his daughter being assaulted by this man, but what does he say about her? He says, she's never going to be beautiful again. Right. Yes. Fuck you. Yeah. Which I can say now, in 2019, on the outside, I can say, fuck you. Yeah. Because nobody said that about Michael when he got his face beat to shit. No. Nobody went, oh, he's not worth anything now. <laughs> he's not pretty anymore. No. They got a fucking surgeon and fixed him, and right. now he's... Fucking leader well, of the I mean, family. How does, how does Michael get his first wife? He goes he and he talks and talks to the dad and then just starts hanging out with her. and He says, I'd like to meet her. Boom, he's got a wife. Well, like, he also on. says, do you want an enemy or do you want a husband for your daughter, basically? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a threat there's there. obviously yeah. a threat, sure. And but. you also get a sense of how powerful his family is while he's in Italy. They send him to Italy to hide oh, out. Yeah. He's being protected by another family. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Um, the network and the it's very kind of there have always been remaining ties um, Mm -hmm. between in particular Sicily um, between the American mafia and where it began Mm -hmm. Um, sorry to to, to come back to the the how women are treated thing yeah so I'm fascinated and I never I had never thought about Mama Corleone before. Like, in the past, anytime I've seen this movie, I just... She's there. She's kind of like an afterthought. But I've never thought about her before. And I found myself really wanting to know her story. Like, her whole story. She seemed like such a... The few scenes, granted, that she was in. Mm -hmm. She seemed like such a strong presence. And I want... I just want to know how everything affected her. And I want to know... I want to know if... Vito told her things because the way Michael is with Kay, I do not for a moment believe that Vito was like that with his wife. You don't think he lied? I don't think he did. No, I, I think, think she knows lied. exactly what's going on. Yeah, and I think that she was probably smart enough not to ask. I think the difference is it's Kay. I that woman. It makes me wonder. I still wonder why Michael wanted Kay. If he wanted somebody who was, I mean, I don't want to say a trophy wife, but if he really just knew that he. Had to have a family, and he liked her, maybe even loved her for a while, and just, you know, needed someone. Needed I, someone there to support him on the outside. I think he knew that she she wasn't a really big person. I think he knew, because even at the end of the movie when he says, I'm going to allow you this one time to ask me about my business. So, from the beginning, I think, so he was being really, he was telling her stories at the beginning of the movie at the wedding about his father with disgust. But then I think as it went along, and he has this turn, right? He goes to Italy, he has this turn, he comes back. I think bringing her in, he knew that she was weak-minded enough, and that maybe is a wrong, bad thing to say. I don't think that... Well, I mean, again, you haven't seen this part two yet. No. She's not... I, and I don't remember thinking that she's weak either. 
I've always just kind of more so wondered about her motivation if she really truly loves this guy. And I that's think why she, she forgave him. I, she loves him. She loves the fucking shit out of this guy. I just don't know why. I think it's over. Like she's overwhelmed by that love. And then once you're married, and you've got a kid together. I mean, you're in. Mm. You know, in that family for sure. Yeah, it's. Um, it opens up, and I hadn't. I didn't know what year it was made. I didn't know what year it was supposed to be taking place. So I'm writing like decades down. I'm like twenties, thirties. No, this has got to be the 40s. Actually, initially thought 40s, went back to 20s and 30s, thought, Leah, what the fuck are you thinking? So you then like, had no on. concept of what no, cars I'm terrible. Like, I'm the terrible. cars have been I know, I'm <laughs> terrible. And then I saw Michael in the uniform, and I was like, oh, I was right with 40s the first time around. Uh, yeah. The, the, the opening scene, though, I'm still, like, there were so many things. First of all, the kitty in the lap, I was like, help. Yes, I knew that would get This you. is my kind of movie. I knew that would get you. Um, so he's... This big deal tough guy, but he's got this kitty in the lap, and he's talking to this guy, and he's gonna, they're gonna have a friendship, and then he's gonna ask for a favor later on, and then he does ask for the favor eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, what a rough favor! Mm, but yes, this network of like, I do things for you, you do things for me. I don't. I'm curious how he got so powerful, and I didn't realize until later on in the movie that it's it's gambling and it's uh, you know. Teamsters and all those kinds of things. Uh, and then the, the talk of the narcotics. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to get into it? No, I don't want to get into it. It's a dirty business. Yeah. And that's a Gambino thing. That was, Gambino was the biggest holdout. Um, saying, you know, yeah, I understand it's a lucrative business, but no, it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. It brings too much attention. I don't want to lose everything that I've built just for a quick buck. So for the longest time, it was, if you get caught dealing in the Gambino family, mm-hmm. you're dead. Wow. Which is interesting that, and I guess you don't quite get to see how it plays out in this movie because they all sit around the table together and seem to agree that we're all going to get into it and you're going to provide us with some level of protection, but they don't really discuss what happens beyond that and how much, how much the Corleone family actually does get involved. Um, obviously, they're still putting most of their eggs in the gambling basket, heading to Vegas and such. Mm-hmm. I, l- I liked the. Um... When the cops come. So Michael and Enzo the baker standing outside yeah. the hospital. Oh, that was beautiful. It was so great. It was beautifully done. The whole bit where they're moving his dad around and then he's outside. And collars up, hands in pockets. Pocket. Uh, was just wonderful. And then the cops show up and I'm like, the cops are dirty. I got, no shit. I got they so mad the about it. Begin with. I got so mad about it. Like, and then they, they grab him and they hit him and they're going to arrest him. And they're like, this guy's a war hero. Take him in anyway. But then Tom Hagen. Okay. Robert Duvall has never looked better. Did, so you liked the hair piece? Is that what you're saying? So I didn't like the hair piece. But I have never. It's just. I, I've only seen Robert Duvall as an old man. So to see him as a young man yeah. and he just looked. He looked good. Yeah. And. And I thought um, he was kind of the, he wasn't a good counselor because uh, a lot of shit went down while he was counseling. Um, and I felt I bad. I guess I don't think it's fair to say that he's not a good conciliary. I think he, he focused a lot of his efforts on keeping the peace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's a very data-driven guy. So it seems like he would kind of take a step back and look at it at just as business. Right. From a, an unemotional point of view, this is what we should do business-wise. But I think he's still, you know, he, he doesn't look super young in the movie necessarily. I think he was very young still mm-hmm. in the business. Okay. Um, and here's this larger-than-life guy who he's supposed to be counseling, mm-hmm. and he's still thinking, 
I'm not entirely sure what I should be doing. And then Vito's out of commission and he's trying to counsel Sonny. And I mean, Sonny is that's like trying to wrangle a bull in a china shop. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Shit's going to get broken. That's right. Mostly Carlo's face. Not enough. The fight between him and Connie, oh, it was, again, brutal, hard to watch. Where she's just like losing her fucking mind and she's waving the knife at him. I was, and, and I, from the beginning, Carlo's a douche, right? Didn't they even say he doesn't get to be any involved in the business, but he, he ends up being involved in the business anyway? I, he's barely involved. Right. Uh, they give him kind of some shit jobs to do, which is what you do for family. So everything that happened, so so Vito gets taken down, and the guy, who's the guy who did it? The Salazzo. Okay. You're talking about when he got shot. Right. Yeah. So so he takes him down, and he gets so, well, rid of Luca. Luca too, right? Oh, poor Luca I was Rossi. so sad. It really made me sad. Um, Great scene, though. It was, wasn't it? Oh, so good. Leans in to light the cigarette. They come up behind. I like all the different methods of killing people. You either you're up close and personal and choking them to death, or you're just filling them full of bullets. Like, sure. one or the other. Well, and I mean, Sonny even says that to Michael at one point. You know, this isn't, this isn't like, war. This isn't out on the Western Front. This is, you got to be up close. you got to mm-hmm. be up close mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, it was different. And I don't think he thought it was going to be different until he was there mm-hmm. in that restaurant when he sat back down and had to fucking puff his balls out enough to get up and do it. And even then he throws the gun. Mm-hmm. Like, Doesn't just get rid of it right away. Only shoots the one guy once. Shoots the other guy twice because he missed, kind of missed his head the first the time. Neck, yeah. yeah, it was really great. That, I don't know, I think that was definitely my favorite scene. The leaning up to it and then the actually happening. And then I also really like the bit with Enzo the Baker. Um, but that, yeah. I think for me, the, the one scene that always stands out to me, the one scene that if I know it's coming up, there is no way I could ever turn it off is Sonny's death. There's something about when I first saw that, the shock of it Mm -hmm. that still kind of resonates. So I just, anytime I have to, to watch it, to get the feels, right? you know, um, and, and immediately after, you know, when he comes back down to talk to Tom and he's like, my wife's crying upstairs. You got to tell me. What is going on? And then you get yeah. to see his reaction and you see him go to the undertaker and ask for the favor back. And what does he say? My, I don't His wanna, mother can't see him like this. Yeah. They massacred my boy. Yeah. That was probably the most, that's probably the most emotional I got. I don't know that I cried. I was just, most of what I felt during this movie was interested and at the, at the, culture and at the the rules and all of that and shocked by the brutality of it yeah so how did you feel about the um the baptism that whole chunk i i liked it because it reminded because me, i mean talking about brutality so it reminded me of so i knew that, th- that he was cooking something so there's always something going in the background right that there's something somebody's cooking something so at the funeral he figures out who because because what does his dad tell him? Whoever sets up the meeting is the guy who did the, the turncoat. So we figure out who that is. And then you know that there's something happening and he says, I'm going to be the godfather of this baby. So I loved kind of the... So at the beginning, it's the same kind of situation. Here's Vito at a family event doing business. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a, a hearkening back to that. Here's Michael at a family event while business is being done. It's interesting though the... There are absolutely parallels, obviously, throughout. It's funny to me that in the beginning, it's Connie's wedding, and he's doing business there. Mm -hmm. 
But ultimately, it's her wedding. And I feel like the baptism... It was a cover. Exactly. That is, it wasn't about that at all. It was about having him in a certain place while all this other stuff was going on. Right, So it, family was involved, but it was all about that, the business. Whereas in the beginning, it was business is involved, but But it's really all about the family. This is my my daughter's wedding. I want to spend time with my daughter and he goes out. Right. And I think that's kind of, that's one of the things of, one of the main differences between Vito and Michael is Vito all along. It's about the family. It's about the family. It's about that. Like he lets his kids get involved. You know, he even says to, um, to, uh, uh, fuck Salazzo. He even says to Salazzo, you know, yeah, as you can see, I've let my kids get away with too much. Mm -hmm. They speak out of turn. Mm -hmm. Um, there's not a doubt in my mind that he doesn't lie to his family like Michael Mm -hmm. ends up doing. So there are, he, he's all about the family. The business is for his family. Yeah. I get Michael, that. It's different. Once Michael gets to the end, he, he's a cold he's hearted shutting, son of a bitch. He's shutting his family out entirely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he obviously is lying <laughs> to his family. He has his brother-in-law killed, which again, I don't think was necessarily a bad choice, but it's interesting that yes, he did have to wait until his father died to do that mm-hmm. because his father wouldn't have let it happen right. because he Carlos was family. family. Yeah. Even though he knew, there's no way he didn't know that he played a part in mm-hmm. Sonny's death. But he's family, and even at the, when they're sitting at the table and uh, with all with the five families, and he was saying, you know, I'm I'm not looking for vengeance for vengeance. I just want my want existing to son I to want come it to home. End. Yeah, and it makes you wonder, of course, and you can watch part two to see too. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching part three. <laughs> Although part three does kind of culminate the whole mm-hmm. story, so you know. Um, but it's interesting to see where that leads, Michael, cutting his family off like that. Do you think part two is better than part one? Because I feel like in the world, people say part two is better than part one. I feel like like the Godfather holds a very special place in my heart. I can't say that part two is worse. In a lot of ways, it's better. But part one just holds such a special place that I feel like I can't, I can't mm-hmm. in good faith say that part two is better. Mm-hmm. That's why I, if people ask me, I usually say the Godfather saga is okay. my favorite because it's, it's part both one and put part together. Two. Right. Yeah. And then I don't have to choose. It's why, so the Godfather is my second favorite movie. Mm-hmm. My first favorite movie is Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I realize that there are technically three <laughs> movies right, in right. there, but it's one story. So I count it all as one. And I feel the same way about the Godfather Part 1 and 2. Luckily for me, they put it together into a single movie, the saga. Conveniently left the third part out because fucking Sofia Coppola. And, you know, we're what, good to go. What did she do? She, she ruined it. Oh, I mean, was it was, there, it? Was, there was a lot of... She, she didn't make it, did she? She's just in no, it. No, she was in it, yeah. Because... Nepotism at its best. She's the baby that gets baptized yeah. in the first one. Yeah. I There was so much IMDb trivia, IMDb trivia, trivia that I couldn't... I couldn't read it all. You didn't uh, have to. <laughs> like, I was already fatigued from having watched three hours of the movie. And then I was like, I need to read this trivia. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I was, like, scrolling through, and I got to the spoiler section. I read through all of that. Um, how did, I, I guess, in general, how did you feel about it? Did you like it? Is it something you would... It sounds silly to say, would you recommend The Godfather to people? Because everybody in the world should recommend it. I think it. it's an important movie in the canon of American... Like I thought I, I thought it was a really good movie. I would probably watch it again. 
Um, there were parts of it that I would really want to watch again. It's so quotable. I was just looking like the they get Luca's uh, vest with, with the, the fishes. He sleeps with the, with the fishes. fishes. Yeah, there are so many things that I know, like that are in our a part of our culture that think people say. I, like somebody, um, one of our coworkers sent an email. It's been months now, saying she, she wanted to call a meeting of the five families. I didn't realize. Oh, you didn't know what that meant. That that was a, from this movie. Sure, it's also reality because there are five families, but yeah, right. I just thought it was really funny and um, interesting. Like they said that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I re- remember this email from back, and I thought well, it was a funny joke when she that she made it. But it did just, you not know what it meant at all? No, I mean, I I knew she, she, we were calling a meeting of the five teams. That's what you thought it was about, <laughs> right? So there were just so many. Um, <laughs> there were so many things that people said, like leave the gun, take the cannoli. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the quote, it's not from this Godfather movie, but from the other God, the Godfather 2 movie, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Um, there's just so, so many things that I had heard of. The horse head, again. They're just iconic. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, it was interesting. I, I would definitely say it's good that I watched it. I'm glad that I watched it. Mm-hmm. It was worth my time. I would probably watch it again. It's just so goddamn long. It's an epic. Oh, it was rough. So you were, I know you were really nervous going into it because... I was. High, expe- high expectations. That's why it was something that so many people love and say is so great. Were you more afraid that you wouldn't like it or... I thought I would be bored by it. Yeah. It was It was not boring. There were some moments where I was like, there was a little bit of a lull, but I wasn't ever... I was very tired while I was watching it and mm-hmm. I didn't fall asleep. That's a bonus. That's yeah. That's rare for you. I will say, part of what kept me awake was the fact that I knew I had to watch it, but I could have paused it and taken a nap, and I didn't, um, because I did wonder what was going to happen. Um, in the end, the end. I'm going to talk about the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, in talking about what I was saying earlier about the differences between Vito and Michael and the family aspect. I find it fascinating that the end for Vito Corleone is him playing with his grandson. Okay. He's retired. He's at home. He's at his family home, and he's playing with his grandson, and that's how he goes out. That is his end. The end of the movie is Michael shutting the door on his family. Wow. I fucking love that. Yeah. I just... I just fucking love that. The other thing, too, is he's the head of this family. I mean, he was semi-retired when he died, right? His son was taking over. Mm -hmm. The heads of all the other families are slaughtered. Um, So he goes out quietly. Oh, you mean after the fact. And so he goes out quietly, and then Michael goes and slaughters all these other dudes. Sure, yeah. It's a new era, right? I think that's what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. You had seen Vito running things, and things weren't going his way. And now Michael's taken over, and he's not going to let things not go his way. But yeah, he's shutting out his family, and he's becoming like this mob robot. Psychopath, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think he's a psycho. No, I think but that's he's what just, he's pushing for, he, in essence. I mean, if he's, he's trying to relieve himself from emotional connections, he's compartmentalizing so much so that he is allowing himself to, from a business perspective, mm-hmm. be an unfeeling... Businessman, right? I mean, that is leaning towards sociopathy. I wonder 
so his his upbringing had to have been somewhat violent, and then he has all of this trauma of his father getting shot and almost dying. He, he Apollonia gets blown up. Mm-hmm. His brother dies. His sister's in an abusive relationship. I wonder if which he, let's be honest, he didn't give a shit about. Nobody yeah, did. Nobody gives. Connie sucks. But I wonder if Vito just had a different... I mean, he was in the war. Like, he was a war hero. He had all these things that happened that were violent things. And to people who were close to him, is that just... Do some people... That happens to them and they are able to handle it? And do some people turn into these mastermind criminals like he did? where yeah. he Like just, he tried to shut off the pain and in so doing, shut out mm-hmm. all feeling. Because Vito wasn't like that, and and I wonder if Vito's upbringing was different. And you know, at one point, Clemenza says, "This is the thing that happens every five to ten years. This stuff happens, and then you know, it settles down. Yeah, there's some sort of war, going <laughs> right? On. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And if it was every five to ten years, they'd probably lived through it before, but they would have been younger. I don't know. But the fact that that Clemenza says that, and he doesn't remember any of it or put two and two together. I think that that's another reason why I really want to see Mama Corleone's story because mm-hmm. I feel like she's the one more than anybody who would have been keeping the kids away from everything. You should make that movie. Oh yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> who would you cast as a young Mama Corleone? Oh fuck, I don't know. Man, that's not a tough so, one. Not Sofia Coppola. I just can't. I'm sorry. I think she's terrible. I know she's a terrible actor. I mean, was she? She had to have been a kid in Godfather Part Three. Probably early. 20s. Was that made in the '80s or the '90s? It was supposed to be Winona Ryder, and she had to drop out for some reason. Oh. And I, I don't... Here's the thing. It's not a great movie anyway. It wouldn't ever have been on par with the first two. There's some incest. There's some Andy Garcia, whatever. But Sofia Coppola was by far the absolute worst part of it. Honestly, Al Pacino was fallen into the Al Pacino that you know <laughs> so well, the kind mm-hmm. of crazed Pacino, so uh, he was quite different as well. Um, not a great movie in general, but still. The she, word I the worst. use to describe Pacino most of the time when I see him is bombastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. I was looking back... Which is another reason to watch Donnie Brasco, because he is not bombastic. He's not. No. I, I wrote down some things that they said about women. I don't know who said this. Women and children can be careless, but not men. Do you know who says that? Vito. Okay. And then at some point, Michael says, maybe about his sister. It's about his sister. After he murders her husband, she's freaking out. and Get her a doctor. He says, she's hysterical. And I wrote, suck my dick, Michael. Yeah, that's what he said. He says she's hysterical. Get her a doctor. Of course she's fucking hysterical. Her family killed her husband. Right. She doesn't need a doctor. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And every time Kay showed back up, like, when she showed up at the house after Michael went to Italy, I was like, shit, Kay's back. And then when he, fi- like, finds her at the school, I was like, shit, she's back again. Can she just not just go? This may be the, I like Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. Like, that movie Baby Boom, have you seen it? I love her in that sure, movie. Sure, years ago, yeah, yeah. And I don't watch Woody Allen movies, so I've never seen, you know. I agree, yeah. yeah. But she, I love her. I hated her in this movie. In part because it was her. It was the character. She just had that kind of dumb... Just doe-eyed bullshit look. Yeah. It just really made me very doe-eyed. Michael, when am I going to see you again, Michael? Oh, oh no. I will okay, s- well, I'll just sit here waiting. I will say, when they're in the hotel room and she's like, when am I going to see you again? And she looks pissed and they're not talking. I've lived through those kinds of arguments with 
men I've been in relationships mm-hmm. with where you're in an argument and you want an answer and you don't say you love you you love each other before you separate like there's just like uneasy tension and then you separate and like that was their last moment together but then he fucking shows up out of the blue years later and it's like oh yeah and she she says it's too late like she says the words but come on still gets in the car with him can we talk about Apollonia for a minute sure so she just kind of shows up what were they saying about her like that he'd been hit by a thunderbolt yeah um Says, the wedding they have the band playing them through the streets. I was like, do they have second lines in city in in Sicily? It's like they're in New Orleans or something. (laughs) Um, It's a very important family, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. But I just they get they get married, and it just doesn't seem like she's. I guess she likes him, but she doesn't really have a choice. They have to get married, and then on so we see her boobs. You do, yeah. And I was kind of surprised to see her boobs because we hadn't seen any other nudity in the movie. Well, she's an Italian model, so I think she was probably... Oh, yeah. Here are my boobs? Yeah. I, w- I wasn't impressed with her breasts. I really wasn't. That's very kind of you. Um, yeah, and she just kind of has an- another kind of just kind of like, bl- not blank, but kind of... She, to me, even when I... I mean, I was essentially a child. What was mm-hmm. I, 13, 14? She obviously has no idea about it. anything that's going on in the family. Even at that stuff. young age, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? Mm-hmm. She's just kind of there, there. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. just there yeah just kind of a, tro- a real a true trophy wife yeah and i think i watching it again last night I, I got more of a feel for she's young she's just very very young you know he's teaching her to drive and she wants to to drive and they, uh, they come and they tell him that hey, your brother sonny was killed and he's standing out there and she's whining she's fucking whining come on mm-hmm. you told me we yeah, could drive we were gonna do this She's just she's just a child, and I can't. As an adult woman now, I can't hold that against her. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what happened. Is you know she was a child when he saw her, and she was beautiful, and he wanted her, and her family told her that this guy is probably gonna. He wants to meet you, and uh, he really likes you, and you're probably gonna end up marrying him. And she just kind of <laughs> went along mm-hmm. with it. That, they said the guy. This is what it, they say that women are more dangerous than shotguns. Yeah, which is really interesting. Women themselves aren't. You make them that way. Right. It depends on what you prioritize. So if you prioritize pussy above all else, Sunny, yeah, women can be really dangerous when you fuck around with them. I love it when... Or if you just plain love them. Like, Sunny, you loved your sister mm-hmm. and you wanted to protect her and what happened? You got pulled into yeah. the situation where you ended you... up with uh, 187 gunshots. But again, he's hot-headed. He doesn't oh, wait yeah. for anybody. He just drives off. I just... He goes to see her... She's beat to hell, and the first thing James Conn does is he bites the fist. I fucking love it. Oh, so I hot. <laughs> I've so never great. seen someone bite their fist in real life, so when he did that, I was like, oh, shit. That was, was magic. That was, yeah. Yeah. I just realized, I just realized, Michael wants Kay because she is not dangerous. She's... She's white. She's not bread. a shotgun. She's white bread. She's easy. Yeah. She's nothing. Yeah, she's not going to get him into any kind of trouble. When she showed up at the house, I did think maybe she should. Because Duvall doesn't get any action in this movie. I thought maybe she should hook up with Tom. He's married. Oh, he is? Yeah. Where the fuck's his wife? I don't know. She's around. Hmm. Um, yeah, I did. After Apollonia got blown up, I, I was wondering is the lesson in all of this you reap what you sow? would certainly say that's up there, right? 
I mean, what is the lesson of this movie? You have to be a hard ass to actually survive in this kind. I mean, well, I think you you reap what you sow is a big part of it. Like he said, uh, like Vito said near the end, near the end for him. Mm -hmm. I never wanted this life for you, but he put his family in a situation Mm -hmm. where it ended up that yeah, right. Now all of his children are in some way involved. All of his children are in some way suffering for the things that he's done in the past. Not even necessarily the sins that he's um, committed in the past, but all of it, all the good, all of the bad, this world that he's created, Mm -hmm. he has inadvertently thrust his children into it. But he said, what is it? He tells him he wanted him to be a politician. Yeah. Did he want him to be a dirty politician? Was that it? The more, you'll have more power as a politician than you'll ever have as a businessman. Sure. I think he, I think he thought, you know, Michael's the smart one and he can do great things. And, I imagine, you know, when he talks about him being a senator, for example, that, yeah, he would assume that he would, to an extent, have him in his pocket yeah. uh, because there would be those ties there. But I don't think that he was thinking of it in terms of widening the Corleone family power. I think he was thinking, this kid is smart and he's great and he can go on to do great things. And in, in the back of his mind, always great things do include power mm-hmm. because that's how he's built his empire. Right. Um, but I don't think he was necessarily thinking of it from a crime perspective. It's, uh, I thought a lot about, like you were talking about Vito versus Michael. As So Vito, <laughs> I was thinking about, as a manager. Do I want to work for Vito? Is he a good manager? And I, again, in the opening scene, here's this guy talking to him about his daughter being assaulted and he's kind of getting a little emotional and Vito's, you know, handling this guy. He's not giving him grief about it. But then Johnny Fontaine comes in and he's sobbing like a little bitch. He smacks him around. And I'm just like, so it's okay to cry when it's about your family, but with some bullshit, like pull yourself together. There's a difference between those two as well. There's, you know, Johnny Fontaine is his godson. So in a way, he's a lot like one of his kids, and okay. he wants his so he can he wants his children to be strong, up. independent right. men. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly, man the fuck up. So do I? Would I work for Vito, or would I want to work for Michael? And I will say, so Michael is definitely more of a stick than a carrot type of manager. Mm-hmm. And I did after like the baptism where you see all of the the family heads getting gunned down or taken down, however, and I was just like power move that's a fucking power move you can't trust michael that's the thing i feel like i you can trust Vito. yes he will keep his word whatever his word mm-hmm. may be and i feel like you can trust him to make ultimately the right call not to say that he hasn't made mistakes and wouldn't continue to make mistakes he made a he lot has. of mistakes right but i think he he wasn't a hothead like sunny he was actually thinking mm-hmm. things through but he was also willing to take action in a way that tom nesses- didn't necessarily push for but you could trust him you could trust that he at least thought things through and truly believed that whatever it was that he was going to do was going to be the right thing. You can't, you just, you just can't trust Michael. Obviously you can't oh, trust yeah. Michael. He, he sat there with Carlo yeah, and said, told oh, you, exactly. think, you think I would kill you? Oh. No, no, you're family, you're good. Right. Just Although, to, to be fair, he didn't actually say the words, I would not kill you or I will not. He was just I, like, your punishment is to no longer be part of the family. I thought to myself, even if he does kill him, this is going to get an answer out of him better than threatening him. With death, well, no, oh, yeah. So he just don't lie. Came to me. in soft, you know. Tell me the truth. We're good. I'm not gonna kill you. He tells him the truth, and then they and then they finish him in the car. Yeah. Um, Shows how much he values truth. 
so yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but I think, yeah, I agree that Vito, I would rather work for Vito, even though I feel like the, another, so while one of the lessons is you reap what you sow, I feel like being a hardliner, more stick than carrot gets you better results. It's funny too, because we do, so uh, we manage people in mm -hmm. our day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Um, and we talk about, you know, how you tend to get better results and help people along and help people to get further when you explain the why behind, behind what you're what doing. doing. And Vito does that time and time again. He tells Sonny, you don't open your mouth because you don't want to show other people what you're thinking. Right. You know, he, he's explaining, obviously he's explaining things to Michael once Michael takes over. Um, he's having these conversations as he goes and explaining what he's thinking and why he's thinking it. He's not holding it back. Michael holds everything back. Yeah. He keeps it all to himself. He's not telling it. Not only is he lying to people, but even when he's not lying to people, he's not saying what's going on or why. You know, he he tells Tom that he's not going to be conciliary anymore, and he doesn't talk to him about he why. Doesn't, he doesn't like, tell him why. Out. He just says exactly. Which you're out. was really interesting because when they were in that meeting, I get, I was thinking about work again because like there's no way I would just have a meeting with the group with the team and be like, hey man, you're out. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh for sure that they've talked about this already. Because he's like, Tom, you're out. I'm like, well, Tom probably already knows this. But then I realized Tom does not know this. This is mm -hmm. the first time Tom is hearing. And who's the one who explains anything at all? Mm -hmm. Vito. Vito comes up and he says, you know, we've talked about this before, that you're not a wartime mm -hmm. conciliary. Now, that being said, yeah. I know that you didn't really have, you know, who could have mm -hmm. any luck with Sonny. But we got other things that you can't be involved with right now. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's explaining how things work and why. Man, that's fun to talk about and think about. <laughs> Only you would think the <laughs> managerial side of the Godfather. Yeah, I want to work for Vito. I want I want Vito to be my my Godfather slash boss. Mm. Yeah. You want to end up like Luca Brasi? No. <laughs> this is gonna. Such happen. a sweet man. Just sweet, innocent, not so innocent man. Seemingly innocent. Muscle. Yeah. It's muscle. Yeah. I mean, I felt like it's part of murdering because basically Clemenza was like muscle, but like smarter than regular muscle, maybe. Which is funny because they really kind of paint a picture of Clemenza as pretty smart. I mean, he's not dumb. Very, he's he gets experienced. With he's he experienced. Knows, and he, he stayed alive this long, so he must know something. Right, and he's teaching Michael along the way. And Tessio, you don't really get much of, but then at the end, at the funeral, mm -hmm. um, was it Tom? I don't remember who it was who said, you know, I, I always figured it'd be Clemenza. And Michael's he said, like, nope, Tessio was smarter. Yeah, Michael's like, nah, it's the smart one. Mm -hmm. Tessio's smarter. Well, the fuck do you know that? Who wanted, was it Tessio and Clemenza, that, was it Tessio that wanted to have, start their own, they want, somebody wanted to start his own family, or two guys wanted Together, to Together, yeah. Yeah, was it those two? Yeah. But Clemenza, so Clemenza didn't know that Tessio was doing this side deals or whatever against the Corleone family. It doesn't seem that way. There's a local pizza place that makes a, I think it's a Don Corleone pizza. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm assuming there's sausage involved. Sausage and meatballs, bro. I think I always thought Don Corleone was Vito. Now I understand it's the Don is whoever is in charge of the family. Well, yeah. So throughout most of the right. movie, it's Vito. So then Michael becomes well, and then Sonny is for a while, and then Michael becomes the. I don't Don. think Sonny was never really Don. He was just like he a was stand like in, a well, interim. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the whole like Brando, I read online that he read most of his lines off of cue cards and I don't know whether to think he's a better actor because of it he's or worse. notorious for doing that for yeah. having done that um and I so made in 72 won Oscar for best picture I think best screenplay 
and this was interesting. So I had so Brando won for best actor that year, and he didn't show. He right. sent the Native American lady in his place in protest, yep. which I thought was great, and I'd seen and heard all of that before. I almost said De Niro again. Pacino, <laughs> Pacino won best the best acting Golden Globe, and he was miffed and thought that there was some uh, bullshit going on because actor. yes, yeah. for the Oscar because he has more screen time and he's he's not wrong. It's just interesting that he won the Golden Globe and Brando won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, big deal movie, won a lot of awards. John Cazale, by the way, mm-hmm. five movies in his life. All five were nominated for best screen or for best uh, movie. What were the others? Do you know? Um, it was Lord of the Rings, one, yes. two, and three. <laughs> <laughs> it was The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. It was uh, Deer Hunter. It was Ooh, The Conversation, something like that. Was that an older movie? Um, yeah, it was one that. That's the one that I haven't seen. Um, it was Dog Day Afternoon, okay. which I talked about earlier. I don't know why I just missed mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, the conversation. Dog Day Afternoon, Godfather, Godfather Part Two, conversation, and Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter, man. You think this movie was brutal, and it was brutal. The Deer Hunter is fucking exhausting. Usually, the the things to me that I find really in movies that really are just overwhelming in terms of violence. Any kind of a rape, I find, like The Last House on the Left, I, oh, yeah. I can't watch that shit. Um, like Thelma and Louise, there's the rape scene that, that's pretty hard to watch. But this, just the, the pure violence of like somebody just being riddled with bullets. Um, and actually getting, think, so like Sonny gets out of the car, he's still moving and they're still just like filling him full of bullets. The, the great thing and awful thing at the same time, of course, about how the violence is handled in this movie too is knowing that it's just a part of life. Mm. They're upset by it, obviously. It, you know, yeah. it, it, but nobody's it surprised. I don't think anybody's, because I was very shocked by all of it, but they didn't seem shocked but by any exactly, of it. Exactly. It's, I think there's yeah. still that, that undercurrent of, it's almost like living in a war-torn country, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't feel the loss. It's not that you don't feel the fear. But there's that undercurrent of this is how life is. Yeah. Which is almost more depressing and disturbing. It is. It is. I... Mo Green's death was probably my favorite. Which was, you know that was all based on the Bugsy mythology of being shot through the mm-hmm. eye. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I did read about that. Which isn't actually true. He took two mm-hmm. to the head, but it didn't actually go through his eye. Great name. What's that? Bugsy? Bugsy Siegel? Yeah. He was part of Murder, Inc. Murder, Inc. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a bunch of rappers? I don't know. What is Yeah, what it, was is that? A, it was a rap group in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> White Italian rappers? It was uh, um, during the time when Lucky Luciano was coming up. And, uh, you know, you need sometimes you need people to take care of stuff mm-hmm. for you. So there were five guys who took care of things. They call them murdering. So, uh, Bugsy and Anastasia and Costello and two others. Lansky didn't kill. He wasn't part of murdering. And blanking. Yeah. So, is, was this movie your first kind of foray into learning about mafia and falling in love with it? I would say it solidified it. 
Um, so you were already interested in the mafia. I was already interested. Most of the interest I had leading up to it, it was less fictional, less move, you know, mm-hmm. movies, and more um, documentary based. Okay. So the actual history of it, which I think is one of the reasons I got pulled so easily into the world, because I was already at that age, kind of reading about and watching documentaries and things on, on like Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky and um, and their relationship and bringing up the family or creating the the five families in a lot of ways. Um, and there are so many ties, of course, with The Godfather to the real history, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I think that was huge. Um, Goodfellas, I had seen some of before I saw The Godfather. And that's just because I, I remember my parents watching it and I was kind of in and out. So I saw it without fully understanding it. It was after The Godfather that I watched Goodfellas in its entirety and got it and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, as far as fictional movies, it was it was probably my first big foray into the mythology of the mafia. It's, um... So I've heard stories from some people, like, in St. Louis... I know that there's stuff that goes down, mm-hmm. goes on still, and I've heard it's the stuff where you're like, yeah, I had a neighbor, and the, it was the woman, and she was single, and her husband was in the mafia, but he was dead, and so they were make deliveries to the house every week, like those yeah. kinds of stories. And my, I, my grandfather knew people, yeah, um, my pop, because he worked down at Southwest Bank, which was right by the hill, so he associated with with many of them, even but now, never obviously got involved. I even mean. now, that neighborhood, the hill. There, there's no crime. No. They, it's yeah. And part of it is, again, it's the history of it. It's not that there's some guy going around who's actually making promises or threats. It's That's the way it's been for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, just respect... That way. Yeah, you respect the the unspoken mm-hmm. law, so to speak. I'm at now, a... Now, that isn't to say that if there are people who don't respect it, <laughs> that they aren't put in their place. I met a guy who's our age... So he's probably in his like mid to late thirties, and he had a story about how he started hanging out at this this bar and restaurant in the city and in the, in the city of St. Louis, and had uh, got to know the guys who own the place. And he saw some really crazy stuff while he was hanging out there. And then he went off to college, and he got his grandmother got a letter, and it was from one of these guys, and she gave it to him, but basically inviting him to mm. join the business. And he told me the story, and I was like couldn't believe it it's funny because you know you think of especially when you base your knowledge on on pop culture movies you mm-hmm. think of the mafia as being new york mm-hmm. it's all new york but chicago mm-hmm. was and still is huge the five families luciano was pulling in guys from chicago and buffalo as well and st louis does have a lot of ties to it mm-hmm. guys used to come down from new york and go down to hot springs arkansas all the time like, that was a vacation destination for mafiosos. Wow. Um, and, and within, you know, the St. Louis Mafia, obviously there are people mostly more from, like, the Chicago side. But um, Vito Genovese, I think, died at the Federal Pen in Springfield, Missouri, which is, I guess, neither here nor there in terms Did of... Gotti. John Gotti. I, I... He was in prison, right? Yeah. And I feel like... I knew a guy in college whose mother, she was an, um, a surgical nurse, mm-hmm. had been involved in some surgery that he had. Got Should have let him die. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a part of our history. It's a part of America's history, um, yeah. part of Italy's history, apparently. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so fascinating from a historical perspective, too, is 
the mafia in the U.S. arguably began in large part due to uh, essentially racism. I mean, here are all these these guineas all coming into New York, and I don't know what the fuck, like, they're trying to take my job, they're trying to take my home, what the fuck are they trying to do? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give them any work. I'm not going to invite them into my actual uh, country, my place, you know, the, mm-hmm. they got to they got to stick to themselves. Well, they have to figure out what to do then, don't they? They have to figure out their mm-hmm. own businesses. And they figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's just, that's something that just keeps happening here. I don't know if this is, it, I'm assuming it happens in other places in the world, but I feel like it's just the story of America. Oh, we, don't we expect, like, you, we expect we don't, you to figure your shit out right. yourself. Yeah. We're not going to help. Right. Yeah. We're not going to let you in, mm-hmm. basically, because we're shady people. Or we're not going to welcome you. Yeah. We'll let you in. Yeah. We'll but, let you in... But you can figure out your own American dream, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, Corleone, so watch part two. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it talk about that? Well, it talks about how he got the name, essentially. He, he came through um, New York, and, you know, they ask for his name, and he gives his name, and the guy at the front hears where he's from, can't pronounce his last name, just attaches his where he's from, Corleone, mm-hmm. Sicily, as his last name. Boom. That's who you are now. Mm-hmm. I've decided. <laughs> but that's so happens. That's so American. Yeah, it happened. It happened all the time. I'm <laughs> just that this is who you are. So yeah. So, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? In its entirety, maybe five or six times. Um, bits and pieces, especially when AMC used to play it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely one of those where, if I caught it, I would sit with it for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so bits and pieces, dozens and dozens of times. It's a hard one to sit through and watch in its entirety without planning, of course. It's so long. Because it's very long, right? Um, and you kind of have to stick with it. It's not one of those that... It's not like an action movie or a comedy where you can turn it on and come in and out. You mm-hmm. gotta... Even after having seen it so many times, there are still points where you get you gotta know what's going on with it. What are they talking about right now? If you were gonna recommend a mafia movie to a friend would you recommend this before goodfellas or the other way around i think it depends on the friend um and kind of what i feel like they're most interested in or what kind of movies they typically like the Mm -hmm. most yeah (laughs) but the top three for me are definitely godfather goodfellas and donnie brasco Um, and all three of those are very different films so if i have a friend who I know they have a good attention span and they can make it through a longer movie. They don't fall asleep during movies. Right. I'm definitely going The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's somebody who, you know, maybe they like more action and more kind of violence, going Goodfellas. And if it's somebody who is a big fan of, you know, crime dramas, they're obsessed with Law and Order, something mm-hmm. to that effect, I'm going Donnie Brasco. I think I've seen Donnie Brasco, but only because it has Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> And then I think I watched it and I was like, this sucks. Oh my God. <laughs> Break my heart. It's been a long time. I would have been probably in high school when I saw it. Um, so yeah. I actually have a couple of Joe Pistone's books too that are really interesting. Um, this- Joe Pistone is the agent who is Donnie Brasco. So, and yeah, I highly recommend his books. I recognize the music when the movie started. Because mm-hmm. I've heard people The music is iconic yeah. as well. And I... The book, I mean, it must have been a popular book. Um, it was. The other thing I noticed, I had never paid attention to the little the Godfather logo. That mm-hmm. it's a little puppet, puppet, a the marionette, strings, rather, yeah, right. 
And so, and so I noticed that mm-hmm. yesterday when I was watching it. And then later on, when Vito's talking to Michael about pulling the strings, da, 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 so that was really interesting. I had never put that together. I had even not even recognized it. To me, it was just always the words like the Godfather. Oh, yeah. But then I finally, like, I saw that, the marionettes, and I was like, oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was worth the watch. Um, it would, there's just so many quotable things, and I, just, I know I'm still processing what, what all I saw, and I probably will continue to have to process. But, um, uh, I was told by a coworker that, because I was like, I'm just gonna, we're doing it, we're recording on a Sunday, I'm just gonna watch it on Saturday, and he was like, you probably want to watch it before then, because it's, it's kind of a lot, mm-hmm. and I just didn't get around to it, so he was right. I think that's fair, though, for, for what we're doing, I really do want to know about your first time, mm-hmm. so... I'm okay with that. You can watch it again. I'm not going to tell you not to. I highly recommend it. Well, I think you should go on and watch part two now. I should have probably, I could watch this out. I don't own it, right? I just rented it and I think I still have it for another 24 hours. I mean, I have like the digitally remastered DVDs, but somebody told me she doesn't even have a DVD player I think there's a DVD player. It's just not plugged in because I just don't. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I had a moment where I was thinking, man, maybe I should just go ahead and buy it on Voodoo. (laughs) So just so you can play have, it without having to get up and put yeah. the DVD in. I had to find batteries for the remote. It was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we grew up in an era with televisions that didn't have remotes and VHS tapes that you had to rewind. And now we're too fucking lazy to even put a, like a Blu-ray or a DVD in. So hard. It's really sad. It's really sad. My my Apple TV remote ran out of juice and I, I had an app downloaded on my phone. So the Apple TV remote, so I just used that instead. I plugged it in eventually, so. Oh, well, good. <laughs> you know, technology. Mm. Anything else you want to talk about? I, uh, no, I mean, I, it's, it's such a strange thing to discuss because I feel like it's so embedded in my world as well as obviously in in popular culture so I'm sure there are a million other things that we could talk about and a million other questions that I could ask or answer um but no nothing springs to mind that we skipped over that I absolutely Mm -hmm. must know oh one thing yeah uh most satisfying departure shall we say death Mm mm-hmm probably for me it would be the two guys that Michael kills in the... Um, Salazzo and the police chief. Yeah, in the... Because that police guy, I fucking hated that fucker. Sure. So how he pats Michael down in the car, and then when Michael goes to the bathroom, the guy grabs him again to yeah. pat him down, and he's like, I've patted these so-and-sos down plenty of times. Like, he, he's got his fucking napkin tucked into his shirt. He's ready to chow you down. You know that fucker grabbed his cock, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fucking know it. Yeah. So I feel like that was the most satisfying because we there was a lot of lead up to it. I wasn't surprised by it. I knew it was coming. A lot of the other ones I didn't see coming. Oh, yeah. So the, to know that it was coming and then see it, I felt it was good. Yeah. Do you have a... Carlo. Hands down. <laughs> so I, I think... I just think he's such a swarmy, no good. He just married Connie so he could get into this family. He doesn't give a shit about... His wife, he doesn't give a shit about his kids. He doesn't give a shit about anything except being one of the big players, which he can never be because he's a fucking loser. He's got good hair. He's a... No. No. I hate... I hate him so much. I hated him from the beginning. He's an attractive man. Like, I wanted Sonny to kill him. And then... And I think that's part of the reason why it hurts so much, too, is, like, 
the second time he started beating the hell out of Connie and I, you know, you know, Sonny's coming and I wanted Sonny to kill him. I mm-hmm. wanted him to, and instead Sonny gets it and yeah. that just like shot Bro. my rage all the mm-hmm. way up. And then he just gets away with it. You mm-hmm. know, he's involved, you know it, yeah. but nobody says anything. And he just goes on and has more babies with Connie. And it's just this <laughs> disgusting fiend who thinks he's doing shit and thinks he has stuff to offer when he doesn't. Cause he's a moron. And then. He cries. <laughs> oh, he cries like a little baby when Michael's like, oh, I know, I know. And he's just like, oh, no, I would never. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> fuck you. So, so yeah, I think I actually believed Michael when he told him he wasn't going to kill him. But then I also thought... Well, that was your mistake. No, and then I thought... <laughs> I thought, mm, maybe he is going to die. And then they got him in the car and did the the quarter on the neck. And I was like, okay. Just, why would you well, ever... in the car, though? Because then he kicks out the front window. And I just thought... A waste of, you know... You can't do it in the family home. I guess so. He is family. And when... The real question is, why are you getting in the front seat? Why do you got people sitting behind you? Why would you Why would you ever let oh, somebody sit behind cause you? Because he's, he's an idiot. Well, yeah. Yeah, and then when uh, Tessio... Is it Sal? His name is Sal. Sal, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think I was just like, yeah, he's a dead man walking. Because all the guys kind of... Yeah. And then... And then but that's a great... That's what mm-hmm. I mean about it's part of life. And he knew that mm-hmm. and he accepted he it. He, he said... Did, he did see if he, he could said, talk his way out of it. Right, but he wasn't going to cry about it. He no. wasn't going to try to run. He accepted his fate. He didn't even try to call in favors. And not that mm-hmm. there was anything he could have done, but right. he knew what his fate was. He asked the question, which, good, you should. Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like anybody who values their life at all should at least ask, is there anything I could do to change your mind? Again, I'm going back to the management and the business thing. It's like when you get fired. He got fired. And for them, fired means you die. But it's like, yeah, let's all go do this thing together. And then Tom's like, no, I'm not going. And then all these other guys start showing up. And then he realizes, oh, fuck, I'm getting fired. Are you saying that the guys who surrounded him were like the ones going up to clean out his desk? (laughs) Sort of. It's like, you know... When you're walking somebody to the meeting room and you don't tell them why you're meeting. But you see an HR And then HR there. is sitting in there and then they realize that's exactly yeah. what happened to him. He's like, I'm in the meeting room and there's the HR person and I'm about to get fired. Yeah. And he accepted that's it. Right. And yeah. some people accept it and some people not so much. So that, again, it's business, it's management, it's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie still bothers me a little bit. That he got... Why did they kill him? Because they assumed that he called in sick for a reason. That he was... So you don't think that he did anything bad? I don't Because that's... So he he wasn't there... Right, because Fredo was the only one who was with Fredo when he got shot. called in sick, so Fredo said that he would drive. Um, It is very suspicious, I admit. I don't know that he was involved. And he just seemed like such kind of a dumb kid. Yeah. And Sonny was... Sonny was being Sonny, and he was just like, get him the fuck yeah. out of here. Like, just, just get rid of him. So I, I still question that. Poor Fredo. There with his dad. I was like, why aren't they, why is nobody getting any help? But that's, that's Fredo too, right? What does he do? Does he jump into action? He freezes. No, exactly. He freezes. He's a little meek. He seemed less meek when they were in Vegas, but... Mm, you he... gotta watch part two, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. I've heard the name Fredo in reference to The Godfather before, and when he showed up, he was such I'm a, like... I'm so glad that you don't know the <laughs> actual was, line. He was such like, a... if you knew the line, you would be like, oh, I think I might know. But he, no, it's... he was such a wet noodle, and then... <laughs> he was so great in that first moment. He's just... He's just having fun at his sister's wedding, you know? Just and he's just excited for his brother. And and he's just like, and oh, hey, man. <laughs> so <laughs> great. Such a, such a wet noodle and, then, and a wet blanket. And then 
you see him in Vegas with the collar and the sunglasses, and you're like, oh no, Fredo, no. He just takes on that cool persona. We all know people like that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. This is the thing that, that women do when they meet different men. and they Yeah, exactly. That's, that's assume the yes. personality traits and hobbies of the men. I and hope he I'm freezes when his dad gets shot. He mm-hmm. lets fucking Mo beat him in public. Like, <laughs> breaks my heart. Al, Al Roca? Al Roca? Is Mo. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to say that since I accused him of being Sidney Pollock earlier. <laughs> they you look alike! <laughs> they look alike and he was wearing glasses. So confused. Accused. All right. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. I'm really glad you liked it. I wondered if you would. So I'm really glad that you actually did enjoy it's it. It's a good movie. Um, millions of people can't be wrong. I mean, they can. <laughs> Millions of people think that Scarface is a good movie, too, so... Uh, I haven't seen that one all the way through. Yeah, you don't need to. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's, you know, meh. Whatever. Pacino? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. I just wanted to say thank you for listening again. And um, a fun fact about that one, Lindsay brought along some cannoli... To, for us to have while we were recording and I am very grateful for her for doing that and that is why I'm friends with her because she likes to bring me food and um, anyway we'd love to hear from you whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it uh, you can find us on Twitter at MovieVirginsPod One last thing people the music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers Oh!